0: Hey, Bill O'Reilly here. Welcome to the No Spin News, February 4th, 2021. Stand up for your country. Yesterday, we told you about the freedom of speech movement just beginning. We'll have a little bit more information about that uh, later in the broadcast. You may want to participate in that movement. I'm hoping it uh, sweeps the nation and that is the way to combat censorship. You. The people have to do it or else it'll get worse and worse and worse. So we have that information coming up for you. Now, um, if you watch cable news (laughs) this last night, today, this morning, whatever, um, you may have noticed a Georgia congresswoman, Marjorie somebody, I don't even know who she is. Uh, getting hours and hours and hours of coverage because she's some kind of conspiracy person, QAnon, all of that. All right. Now, is this an important story? No, it's not an important story. It's one congressperson. And let the voters in her district deal with her. Um, Liz Cheney's story, I'll get to that. That's a little bit bigger. But I'm going, why are you doing this? First of all, it's boring. All right. She's a conspiracy person, but everybody in her district knows that, and they voted her in. So that's the way it works. So why are they doing that? Why are they spending hours on this insignificant woman? Because they want to link you to her. They want to link anybody who voted for Donald Trump, any conservative, any traditional person, any non-progressive, to this woman. Are they all the same? They all think alike. And that's part of the progressive strategy to seize power in this country. And they're making some inroads. They're making some inroads. So now my lead story today is about the progressive strategy. All right, And again, you'll hear this nowhere else. Nobody else is going to cover this, but we do. So there are three pillars to what the progressives are trying to do to take power in this country. The first pillar is... The USA is a racist nation and always has been. So all the traditions that we have, all the Constitution, all of the history, it's got to be thrown out, gone, obliterated. We have to start over. That's pillar number one. Pillar number two is climate change will kill everyone soon. Soon. Because the planet is getting so hot that it cannot sustain human life or whatever, or the oceans will come and get us, uh, whatever it may be. Now, that is really um, being used to accumulate central power in Washington. So the hysteria about climate change, and climate change, as I've said many, many times, is real. And we should all be striving for a cleaner Planet. It's better if we don't have fossil fuels. It's better if we have clean energy. Nuclear energy is clean. Why don't we have that? Well, you don't want, I don't want to get into weeds here. But the climate change, all of this is to accumulate power in Washington. Not about anything else. It's to take your money, tax money, and divert it to Washington, which will spend it on projects designed not to fight climate change but to increase progressive power. Third pillar is income inequality in America. And because the capitalistic system isn't fair, we got to do away with that and put socialism in. And that's what I'm going to deal with tonight. Now, the only reason this has caught fire in the last 10 years, maybe 12 years since Barack Obama was elected president, is because the media is behind this. The media Accepts all of the pillars and pushes the progressive agenda. You see that every day. I don't have to convince you of that. And now we have a very weak president. Whereas Barack Obama was at heart a progressive man. He wasn't a foolish man, all right? He did deport record numbers of undocumented people uh, in his eight years in office. He did things that were. A little bit socialist, but he never went over a line. There was a line he wouldn't go over. Biden has no line. It's not because Biden's a progressive socialist. He's not. Biden isn't anything. He's nothing. Um, There was a movie by Woody Allen called Zelig. That's your Biden. I mean, whatever, you know, he thinks is good for him, that's what he'll do. Doesn't matter what he did in the past, what he said in the past, doesn't matter. Okay, so you have a very weak president. The progressives really want to consolidate their power under Joe Biden because they know that Biden may not make another term. And you can say, okay, Kamala Harris, and yeah, she's a progressive and she'll do what she's told to do. She absolutely will. But I'm not so worried about her because she is unpopular among Americans. She is not going to be the face of progressive politics. So let's get to this income inequality, all right? First, the facts, and the facts are very, very important for you to know. All right, so we have uh, compiled this chart uh, from the Statista Group. It's a global research company that uh, goes into all areas of finance, not only in America, but all over the world. So this is the USA right now. Those earning under 15000 9% of the population, those are people who cannot work or will not work for whatever reason, okay? So the poor people uh, are between 15 and 25,000, that's 8%. So 17% of people aren't making enough money to really live and without government assistance. 25 to 35,000, another 8%. That's tough, particularly if you've got kids. 35 to 50, 12%. 50 to 75, 17. 75 to 100,000, 12. 100,000 to 150,000, 16, 150,000 to 200,000, 8 and over 200,000 10% of the population. Okay, come back to me. So if you break it down, it's 28% of Americans earn below 50,000 a year. And that means they don't have a lot of discretionary income. 29% are between 50 and 100,000 and you can live fairly well on that. If you're not living in San Francisco or New York City, again, it's your choice where you live. And then 34 percent, a whopping number, earn more than $100,000 a year. Now, that should say to everybody, capitalism is great. If 34 percent of the population can earn more than $100,000 a year, this is a great country, America. That's why everybody wants to come here. All right. So that's that's the truth. More than a third of us are making more than $100,000 a year. And you want to break that down? You want to destroy that? Are you insane? No, they're not insane. They don't believe anyone, anyone should have discretionary income because income is power. Income is personal power. The more money you have, the more you can protect yourself, the more options you have to live where you want to live and do what you want to do. The progressives don't want that. They want the government to tell you what to do. Are we all getting the big picture here? Now, this should be taught in every school in the country, but it isn't. Now, on the bottom end, the 28% earning less than 50000 the majority of those are minority groups for whatever reason. And therein lies the progressive. Oh, it's not fair. It's not fair that you don't have a lot of money, but look at all those white people. They have the money because it's slavery. That's why. But if you really examine it, if an African-American or Hispanic-American or Native-American, whatever, be gets educated, they're going to make more than 100000 a year. In fact, their path in 2021 is a little bit easier because of all the programs designed to elevate the so-called marginalized communities. And I have no problem with that, as long as the programs are dealt with on a fair basis. Okay, so those are the stats. And I want to tell you a story about my father. He was a college graduate, Holy Cross in Massachusetts. He was a naval officer in World War II. Smart guy, witty guy, big guy, 6'3". He had an unbelievable potential to make money, but he never did. Because he was afraid, he was a depression kid. Now, my grandfather was a police officer in New York City during the Depression. And my family had an income because the police officers were kept on. They had to be. So my father wasn't deprived, but he saw everybody in his Brooklyn neighborhood suffering on the food lines. He was scared. Never bought a stock. Never. Now, he didn't earn a big salary. He was an accountant, but not a certified public accountant. He was in a big company, Caltech's. In New York City, commuted every day from Long Island, Levittown. Didn't earn a lot of money. He was a low-level guy. Stayed there. Never tried to get another job. All right? None of, accepted what they gave him. So when my father died, young, at age 62, from melanoma, he left my mother bonds. Okay? Enough money so my mother could live, but I had to help her financially. But all of those years, my father never made any money because he didn't invest his money. He wouldn't buy any stocks because he's afraid there'd be another depression. This mentality of not investing in your country, in capitalism, is what keeps the income inequality the way it is. So in every public school in the country, capitalism should be taught. This is what you do. Now, my father gave me good advice. He said, whatever you make, and I started working at 10, 10 years old. I cut lawns, I shoveled snow, but I worked from 10 on. He said, whatever you make, you save 10% of that, no matter what it is. And I did. I saved more than that when I got... You know, I didn't have any money coming out of college. I was broke. All right. So I started my career in Scranton, Pennsylvania, and they didn't pay me anything. 150 bucks a week. All right. But even that paltry wage, I saved a few bucks. And I put it into accounts. And I bought stocks. Not crazy stocks, but, you know, big companies that I knew weren't going to go bankrupt. Paid a little dividend, a little interest. And I did that every week, every week. I didn't even think about it. I said, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, did it, it. all right? Buy here, buy there. It wasn't crazy, didn't gamble, never gambled, didn't speculate very much. Boom, 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 okay? So I worked for 45 years for corporations, 45 years. I had the IRAs, I had the retirements, I had my union, you know, I built it. This is what capitalism is. You build it. And then you get into a position where you're financially independent. Progressives don't want that. They want everybody to get a little piece of the pie given by the big central government. Big brother. But no more than that. We'll take anything away from you. Bernie Sanders, Elizabeth Warren. We're going to take it. You're not entitled to my stuff. I worked for it. You didn't. And the roads here are terrible. And I don't get anything because I send my kids to Catholic school. Why? Because there's discipline in a Catholic school. And in most public schools, there is no discipline. They don't teach you about capitalism. They don't teach you much at all in the public schools anymore. It's all politically correct garbage. We're an oppressive nation. If 34% of the workforce is earning more than $100,000 a year. We are not an oppressive nation, and they're not all white. That's just the biggest lie in the world. So I saw what happened to my father, and I said, never gonna happen to me, all right? I'm a conservative investor, very conservative. I don't like to lose money that I work hard for, but I did invest, and I built And I took some chances, not big chances, but some. And I didn't work. I I moved 15 times, uh, 10 times in 15 years, working my way up in the TV business because I wanted more. I wasn't going to settle. This is capitalism. I thought I could get there, and I did. How's that taught? Your urchins know that? Anybody teaching that? No. Because, again... To the socialists, to the progressives, capitalism is evil. Does Joe Biden think capitalism is evil? No, he doesn't. Joe Biden has taken millions of dollars out of the public square using, leveraging his position as senator vice president to amass money for himself and his family. Documented. Documented. He's not a socialist. I'm not accusing him of any wrongdoing. I'm just telling you what the truth is. So this income inequality is another myth. It's like we're all going to die in 10 years from global warming. That's a myth. We're not going to all die. There are going to be problems on this planet. It's too dirty. China and India are killing us and they're not going to stop unless there's a worldwide move against them economically. That's the only way they're going to clean up their act, literally. We're not going to all die in 10 years from global warming. It's a myth. All right. We're not a racist country. We're not trying to put African-Americans down. That's a lie. That's a myth. There are races, but the country certainly is not trying to do that. So I wanted to take the time to explain to you what the progressive pillars are and how much power they are amassing. I mean, there are states, California, Massachusetts, New York state, where I am right now, that are totally run by progressives. 100%. That's dangerous. All right. Canada has designated Proud Boys a terror group. Uh, The AP reports there are up to or between 1,000 and 1,500 Proud Boys living in Canada. The USA estimate is about 6,000. I have no idea. I don't know any Proud Boys. I don't, if they're on Long Island, they're real quiet. You don't see any Proud Boys, but Canada goes, they're dangerous. Now, interestingly enough, the Canadian designation means the government can snoop around a lot more on the Proud Boys, whatever they're doing, comes from the Capitol riots. And I'll get to that in a moment. But I want to give you the overall picture. Now, the USA has not designated Proud Boys as a terror group yet. It'll probably come. Now, in Washington, you had the ceremony for the fallen officer in the Capitol. And it was a very nice ceremony, I have to say. But 7,000 National Guard troops still remain in Washington. Now, there were 20,000 right after the Capitol invasion. Okay? There are 7,000 remaining. Why? Nobody knows. Nobody can explain it. For what? The Proud Boys? So if there are only, you know, six thousand Proud Boys, they got more troops than Proud. Boys. You know, it's they're there for show. They're there so that CNN can tell you, oh, those far right supremacists, white supremacists, they're going to come in and blow up Washington. You know, I told you before the inauguration it would not be a single incident in this country, and there wasn't. Remember that hysteria? Okay. So the federal government says it may use RICO laws, organized crime laws, against the people who broke into the Capitol. This, according to Reuters on anonymous sources. You're not going to be able to do that, so I don't believe the story has any validity at all. You're not going to believe it use organized crime RICO statutes against people who broke into the Capitol. And you don't need to. If you have proof they broke in, you can charge them with a variety of crimes. You don't need RICO laws. So this is another bunch of garbage. The Reuters news service is far left. But this surprised me. So far, and it's now almost a month since the Capitol was invaded, only 181 arrests on the federal level, according to George Washington University Program on Extremism. I wonder if there's any left-wing extremism in that program at George Washington University. I kind of doubt it. But anyway, 181 people have been charged at the federal level, including Nicholas Oakes, who is the leader of the Honolulu Proud Boys. He's charged, all right? Um, He's indicted for conspiring to commit an offense against the United States, which is really the basic charge of these people who broke into the Capitol. 11 other people with ties to the Proud Boys are in charge. That's what Canada used to designate Proud Boys as a terror group, that they participated, and they did, they did, in the invasion of the Capitol. Now, one final note on this. I hope everyone listening to me now understands, because I still get letters about it wasn't so bad to break into the Capitol, It wasn't as bad as what they did in Portland, Oregon, on and on and on and on. I hope everyone understands that the people who invaded the Capitol on January 6th set back the pro-Trump movement, the conservative movement, the traditional movement in America, drastically. That that insurrection is now being tied around the neck of any non-progressive. And you'll see those videos until you die. Unlike 9-11, where they don't run the video very much. You'll see that video until you die. So the people who invaded the Capitol all deserve to go to prison. And we don't do that in this country. But not only that, they destroyed the anti-progressive movement, at least temporarily and the legacy of Donald Trump, who is now going to be on trial on Tuesday. He'll be acquitted, but he wouldn't have been on trial. There wouldn't have been a second impeachment had there not been an invasion of the Capitol. Do we all understand how bad that was? Okay, so in South Florida, The FBI wanted to serve a warrant on an accused child pedophile or child porn. That's the lowest that a human being can go. Don't get worse than that. So they went to the guy's house and two FBI agents were murdered by the guy who then killed himself. President Biden commented on the situation. Go. They put their lives on the line and uh, it's a hell of a price to pay. And every single day, every single of these folks get up and they, uh, by and large, the vast, vast majority of these men and women are uh, decent, honorable people who put themselves on the line. We owe them. Okay. So that statement seems to be rational. I don't disagree with any of it. The Fox News White House correspondent asked Jen Psaki this.
1: The uh, president's comments last night as he was paying his respects to the FBI agents that lost their lives mm-hmm. or were injured. Um, he said, by and large, the vast majority of these men and women are decent, honorable people. Uh, what did he mean by that, the vast majority? Prior? That's exactly what he meant.
0: Now, that, I think, was the dumbest question I've heard in months what does he mean what does he mean the vast majority part and and misaki blew her off as she should have I if I had been the press secretary I would have said do you not understand the English language what what are you implying why, why are you even asking that question it's obvious what President Biden said and there was nothing wrong with what he said was James Comey a good FBI agent? How about Peter Strzok? Is he a good FBI agent? There are bad FBI agents, but the vast, vast majority are good and brave. Right? Do we have any any dissent there? So I guess the Fox correspondent was trying to be provocative. I mean, trying to get Biden into a place where he was... Disparaging the FBI? I, mean, I don't know what she was doing. And this goes to the collapsing standards of all news agencies. So, uh, you know, CNN and the network news and NBC News, their White House correspondent corps is as corrupt as it gets. It doesn't get more corrupt than them. But now we have this on the other side? Come on, enough. Cancel culture segment tonight. We do this every night now. Cancel culture. So Liz Cheney voted to impeach Donald Trump. All right. She is third in line in the Republican hierarchy in the House of Representatives. So they wanted to boot her out of that position. And it was a vote in the uh, GOP House, among GOP House members. Uh, Ms. Cheney won 145 to 61. So she's not going to be sanctioned in any way. And she shouldn't be. She shouldn't be. Because the cancel culture works both ways. All right? It's just as if the right people, the conservative people, they want to cancel because Cheney voted to impeach. Now, I think Cheney's vote was ridiculous, was wrong, was based on her personal animus toward President Trump. That's what I think. And I'm glad she's being primaried in Wyoming. If I were living in her district in Wyoming, I'd vote against her, Liz Cheney, because I don't like people putting their personal beefs into the public arena. Okay, but Liz Cheney had a perfect right to do what she did. She's wrong on the merits, but she should be sanctioned and punished for a vote. It's not the way we do it here. COVID vaccine. So I got the first one, Moderna, and my physician helped me out. I got the second one coming up the end of the month. And I'm very pleased about that because uh, I'm not afraid of COVID, uh, but I don't want to give it to anybody else, particularly people who are close to me. So I got it. Not easy to get in this chaotic state. New York is absolutely top to bottom the most mismanaged place, with the exception of California and Illinois, in the entire country. But I got it. So there's a poll by Monmouth University, which is not a reliable poll. It says 25% of Americans will never get the COVID vaccination, even a offered, They're not going to get it. 25%. Okay. They break it down by party. As far as Democrats are concerned, 10% say they're never going to get it of Democrats. Republicans, 42%. Now, do I believe that? No. Monmouth has never been even close to being right about anything. I don't believe it. It's a rigged poll. But I think there are more Republicans who would not get the vaccine than Democrats, because for some reason among very committed right-wing people, this conspiracy stuff is big. It's big. I look at the MyPillow guy, Lindell. That is a way to go about that, Mike. And Mike doesn't advertise with us, so. And I've helped him his company out a few times with stuff. But Mike, you know, look, there's a way to do what you want to do, and that's to get answers about the election. I want answers. It's very legitimate and valid to do that. But you don't run around with conspiratorial stuff unless you can prove it. Okay, so I don't know why the conspiracies are more attractive to the committed right. I don't know why. If you do, let me know. New York's Democrat supermajority in Albany blocked a motion to subpoena nursing home records. So they're covering it up in full sight. In full sight, they're covering it up. I mean, Cuomo says, what do you think, Governor? Are you going to get away with this? Why don't you give your pal Gavin Newsom a call? In California, he's going to be recalled, Newsom. He may get booted out of there. You got to run. I don't even know if Cuomo's going to run again. State is in a shambles. All right. Um, But if this doesn't cook them, nothing will. They block the subpoena to find out the truth. Oh, it sounds like Putin. That's what Putin would do. Ben and Jerry, they sold out. They don't run the ice cream thing anymore, but they're still activists, Vermont guys. So they take a big uh, billboard out in Tampa for the Super Bowl saying, Colin Kaepernick is the greatest guy of all time. Power to the people. I know my rights. There's Kaepernick with a big fist and a big fro, and he's the greatest guy of all time. So uh, the statement from Ben and Jerry says, quote... um, as we look back, it's clear Colin was on the right side of history. His pregame protests were before George Floyd's murder. He knew a long time ago that we need to address the root causes of racism and structures of our society that are so brutal to black people. This is Ben and Jerry. Okay. Now, Colin Kaepernick, just a reminder, on July 4th, last year, 2020, he said, quote, in a tweet, black people have been dehumanized, brutalized, criminalized, and terrorized by America for centuries and are expected to join your commemoration of independence while you enslaved our ancestors, we reject your celebration of white supremacy and look forward to liberation for all. That's a call to arms. That's what that is. Ben and Jerry, everyone. Boy. Super Bowl. Yay. Okay. Winning team. Gets $130,000 each. That's an it's an Losers, $65,000 each. Who will win the game? Here's my prediction the Kansas City Chiefs will defeat the Tampa Bay Bucks by 10 points, either 34 24 or 30 20. Okay? Because Patrick Mahomes, a quarterback for Kansas City, is far more mobile than Tom Brady. They're both, of course, excellent quarterbacks. Brady, the best of all time. Brady's 43. I think uh, Mahomes is 25, something like that. Mahomes is brilliant. I was at the game last year in Miami and I watched him close. I had good seats and they beat the 49ers, the Chiefs did last year. But uh, I think the Chiefs have more firepower. I think they'll win. But if Brady wins, if Tampa wins, I'll be happy. Because Tom Brady is just an amazing success story in this country on all levels. Now, on Super Bowl Sunday, Joe Biden is going to be interviewed by CBS, Nora O'Donnell. So I'm going to show you some of my interviews because I lead the league in presidential interviews on Super Bowl Sunday. We have a little montage coming up. So we're going to take a quick break. We're going to suggest that Jim Gray's book, Talking to You, goats greatest of all time if you want a real good view of uh, tom brady that's the book to get Um, we're going to take a quick break be back with some mail and then a look at my interviews and what i think is going to happen with joe biden on super bowl
1: sunday hey guys it's vivek ramaswamy here inviting you to listen to my podcast truth we just relaunched it after the campaign and we are already riding up the podcast charts here's why and subscribe to Truth with Vivek Ramaswamy on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And I promise you, you're going to cover terrain that you're not going to hear elsewhere.
0: Okay, I forgot this day in history. Um, Facebook was launched 17 years ago. It's a great story. Mr. Zuckerberg launched Face Mash. Face Mash. Um, and it was basically a system in Harvard where students could communicate with one another. Unfortunately, they ranked um, women students, as far as looks, and Zuckerberg got in a lot of trouble. But he developed Facemash into Facebook. Zuckerberg is now worth $98 billion. Facebook is worth $528 billion, And that is why capitalism works. This could not have happened in Sweden. OK, let's get to uh, the mail. All right, Ryan. So the nation gave Joe Biden a chance to turn COVID around, but in reality, he's finishing up President Obama's era agenda, which is climate change. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm pretty, I'm pretty surprised about all that. I mean, climate change, come on. That's number one. Robert Slaney. How much is John Kerry from getting from we the taxpayers to fly around the globe in his private jet challenging climate change? Less than 200000 which is lunch money for Kerry. He's not getting paid a lot. Uh, Philip, I put up my 25 bucks for free speech. Um, now, Bill, why are you still on Twitter? Well, first of all, if you want to get to the free speech movement, here it is the free speech movement, one word, the free speech movement at gmail.com. The free speech movement at gmail.com. Sign up. We need everybody in this. I'm on Twitter because that is a very effective way to get our message out. We need people in this country to know we are here giving you honest information. And Twitter is a very important part of that. That's why I'm on it. David Dunn, Boga Raton, Florida. Bill, the interview with Joe Biden will be nothing but softball questions. Maybe. Uh, let's see. I got to get to that interview. So let me see if there's one more. Bobby Salhani, Los Angeles. Bill, you were correct. I've completely stopped watching cable news since the inauguration. I only watch the no-spin news, and my mental sanity is growing great. Bobby, we really appreciate it. want everybody go to the BillOReilly.com website. Become a concierge member. You get direct access to me. It will be the best investment you ever made in your life. And it's not expensive. Concierge membership. If you buy... Uh, A copy of my book, Killing the Mob, out May 4th, you get 50% off Killing Crazy Horse. Another fabulous deal. When writing to us, do not be a poltroon. Right back with the Joe Biden interview. Everything is expensive these days, you know that. The government is printing trillions of dollars in consumer prices higher than ever. If the government continues its printing and spending, to 65532. Okay, so 4 o'clock Sunday, Nora O'Donnell, CBS correspondent, will interview Joe Biden at the White House. This is a tradition. CBS has the game. I interviewed uh, presidents on Super Bowl Sunday three times. I have the most interviews. I lead the league in that category. here is a compilation of what you may remember. Roll it. Do you deny oh, that you're a man who wants to redistribute wealth? Absolutely.
2: You deny that? Absolutely. Bill, I didn't raise taxes once. I lowered taxes over the last two years.
0: But the I, entitlements entitlements tax, that I lowered you championed. taxes
2: for the last two years. But the, and, in, and, the entitlements and, but I, that you
0: champion do, do redistribute wealth in the sense that they provide insurance coverage for 40
2: million people who do have it. What is absolutely true is, I think, in this country, there's no reason why, if you get sick, you should go bankrupt. Now, that the notion that that's a radical principle, I don't think the majority of people uh, would agree with you on
0: it. Then why do the majority of people in the
2: polls not support Obamacare? Actually, I think it's pretty evenly... It's close. It's it's even... You know football, you know, like blitzes and coverage and all that? You know No, I know that? football, man. You do? Absolutely. So I know you're a basketball guy. I know I know football. Yeah? I know football, and, and I will watch the game. What happens is... I schmooze with everybody when they come, Yeah. give them a little bit of time, but once the game starts, they can just sit down and watch the and game. And you're out of there. Well, no, I'm, I'll be sitting there with them, but I don't want them coming up uh, chitting and chatting. All right. got to focus yeah. on football. I
0: want to get some things on the record. So let's begin with health care. Yeah. October 1st, it rolls out. Right. Immediately, there are problems with the computers. Right. When did you know there were going to be problems with those computers? Well, I think we all anticipated that there'd be glitches
2: because anytime you got technology, a new program rolling out, there are going to be some glitches. I don't think uh, I anticipated or anybody anticipated uh, the degree of the problems with the website. And right,
0: so you just didn't know when it rolled out that this was going to well, be Well, I don't problem.
2: think, as I said, I don't think anybody anticipated the, the degree of uh, problems that you'd had on healthcare.gov. Uh, the good news is that the right way we decided how are we going to fix it, it got fixed uh, within a month and a half. Uh, it was up and running, and now it's working the way it's supposed to, and we've signed up 3 million people.
0: I don't know about that because uh, last week there was an Associated Press poll of people who actually went to the website, and only 8% of them feel that it's working well, working well. Why didn't you fire Sibelius, the uh, secretary in charge of this? Yeah. Because, I mean, she had to know after all those years and all that money that it wasn't going to work. You know, my main priority right now is making sure that it delivers for
2: the American people. And what we've, what, what we've ended up doing is we've got three million people signed up. So far, we're about a month behind of where we anticipated we wanted to be. We've got over six million people who've signed up for Medicaid. Yeah. We've got three million young people uh, under the age of 26 who are signed up on their parents plan. And so What we're constantly figuring out is how do we continue to improve it? How do we make sure that the folks who don't have health insurance can get health insurance and those who are underinsured are able to get better health insurance?
0: Prediction for the game. Who's going to win the Super Bowl?
2: I can't make a prediction. I don't know. These guys are too evenly matched. I think it is going to be 24-21. But I but don't you know don't who's know. going to be
0: 24, and I don't know
2: who's going to be 21.
0: Mr. President, thanks very much. I enjoyed it. Thank you. You talked to Putin last week. You had a busy week last
1: week. I'm busy um, week. Yeah. Busy week and a half. Do you to. respect Putin? I do respect him. Do you? But Why? Well, I respect a lot of people, but that doesn't mean I'm going to get along with him. He's a leader of his country. Uh, I say it's better to get along with Russia than not. And if Russia helps us in the fight against ISIS, which is a major fight, and Islamic terrorism all over the world. Right. Major fight, that's a good thing. Will I get along with him? I have no idea. He's a killer. Though. Putin's a killer. A lot of killers. We got a lot of killers. Well you think our country's so innocent? You think our country's so innocent? I
0: don't know of any government leaders that are killers in the
1: Well, America. take a look at what we've done too. We've made a lot of mistakes. I've been against the war in Iraq from the beginning. Yeah, mistakes
0: are different than a
1: lot of mistakes. Okay, but a lot of people were killed. So a lot of right. killers around, believe me.
0: Football. How do you see this game?
1: Well, I I like Bob Kraft. I like Coach Belichick. And Tom Brady is my friend.
0: They're all taking gas because of that. You I know. know they're, they're taking they, a lot of heat. Team,
1: right. But you know what? They're yeah. also getting a lot of popularity out of it. I think they're going to do very well. Tom's a winner. So you're, rooting, a win? you're rooting for the coach. The Patriots. coach is a great coach. I think the other team is fantastic, though. No, I think it's a fantastic team. Turned out to be a good quarterback. But... You know, there's less pressure on the Patriots because they've been there. You know, yep. once you've won, once you've done it, and they've done it, once you've done it, there's a lot less pressure. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, you have to stick up for your friends, right?
0: Okay. So um, we posted that on BillO'Reilly.com over the weekend. Anybody can watch it. Let your friends know who aren't premium or concierge members. As far as Joe Biden is concerned, I hope Nora O'Donnell does what I did. Uh, respectful, but ask questions that evoke answers that all Americans have to hear. My opening question for Joe Biden, and boy, I wish I could interview him, would be, Mr. President, you went out of your way in your inaugural speech to say you want unity. And then the next day you signed executive orders that alienated almost 100 percent of Trump voters and conservatives. Did I miss something here? Were you confused that your executive orders would do that? And how does that tie into unity? That's my opening question. Will Nora O'Donnell ask that question? We'll see. So on Monday, I think I'm going to lead with the Biden Super Bowl interview, and then I'm going to tell you behind the scenes how it all works. Okay, but I want to give Nora O'Donnell a chance. So most of these interviews are just softball nothings. I don't think my three were. You know, And you can Google all of them and see the whole thing. But I was respectful, and I understood the day. I hope you enjoy the game. We'll see you on Monday.